yeah, extra bases, Bristol and Booth. Look at this. What is that, Jeremy? That's my actual jersey from Ooh, spring training, huh? Two thousand two. Yeah, fifty eight might have given that away. <laughs> but this is, uh, yeah, this is in my, uh, this is in my stuff. You know? And when you see it, what do you think? Man, it's a lot of memories that come back with this thing, but it's nice to have it. It's nice, you know. I, you know, I don't have any of the other ones. I mean, I got one. My mom has one of my minor league ones. But this is the first time that I've looked at this one in a while. The true story about this was um, when I joined the Brewers as this area scout. Because um, obviously I'd been there for a minute wearing this thing. You know, they dug my stuff up. They and you know sent me found the jersey because that's what happens. They cycle them through and they take them out and they give them to the, set, the scouts and scout teams and stuff like that. And they found the actual jersey and sent it to me. And so that was my jerseys and area guy. So it was, it was a pretty good gesture from a very good organization at the time um, for people and for, um, yeah, relationships, man. It was a good crew. It was a good crew That's no remember. small accomplishment to find that. How many years were there separation again between you joining them as a scout and you leaving them as a catcher? Six. Six. Six? Yeah. There's so. no there's no way that's the exact jersey you my name, my name was in it with my writing. No. So, no, it was mine. It's mine. on it's on there now? No, it was when I got it. I mean, I've washed it through and the tags no longer there. You know, but when wow. I got it, this was my I'm jersey. shocked by that. Yeah, no, when I got it, I mean this wasn't there. I mean, there's the majestic down here, you know. But so what are we doing with that? Are we going to frame it or? Yeah, I'm going to frame it. There's a place here in, in Houston or in in, um, in Katy area. I don't live in Katy anymore right now, as you as you know, but there's still southwest. Yeah. West Houston area um, that has, um, you know, that has, uh, it, it'll do this. It's not going to be inexpensive, but it's definitely one that I'm going to do. I'm actually going to call my mom and get the one jersey she's got um, out there sent to me as well. So I have the, you know. This jersey, I'll have a, a minor league Tri-City Posse jersey. Yes. And then the third the third jersey I'm going to get framed is one, one you've seen hanging behind me now for the last couple of years, and that's this. Now, you can also do the frames with the pictures, you know, like the picture of you wearing it or a picture of you in it. Yeah, I can do that. But I, you know what I think? I think I'm just going to do the jerseys by themselves. I mean, I got this picture of Trevor Hoffman and LaCroix and Prince Fielder on the wall from his 600 save. And um you know, that's a, that was a pretty good day. So I, I'm just, I'm going to kind of roll with this right here and um, pretty happy to have it though. It was, it was really impressive at the time the Brewers took their time between Jackson Renzik and Bruce side and, and, and Ray Montgomery and Corey, you know, Corey Rodriguez and the people that were there when I was there, uh, Bobby Heck was, was a scout there. And so was Tom McNamara when I was a player, but they weren't there. Um, they had already moved on. Obviously Bobby at that time with Houston and, and, uh, <clears throat> and Mac went over to Seattle pretty fast so jeremy booth newsbreaker on january 1st breaking news about the houston astros additions to their front office those additions assistant general manager new assistant general manager andrew ball who worked in the angels organization and the second one is Scott Powers. I was trying to pull up the release, Jeremy. Sorry. But you had that four days before. Four is days all, before. Is, is, that, is that when I had it or is that when I put it out there? Pardon me. That's when you put it out there. 
I had. I, I will say this. I will say this about Andrew Ball. He worked for the York Revolution in independent league baseball, in the independent Atlantic League. I worked in that market at the same time. I have the utmost respect for anybody who comes from the indie leagues because it is a grind. There's a lot of people, although I think the perception has changed a bit, that still don't respect the indie leagues. So from that perspective, I give the man props because of where he came. When you look at now big picture, do we know, when will we know what these hires will mean to the Astros in terms of their overall philosophy? Or do they mean something to you right now the minute they were officially announced? Well, you know, let, let me um, back up now that these have been announced. Let me back up a little bit. And I'm going to tell on myself here a little bit because, you know, I, I, we put this out on the first um, about, you know, powers and, and ball. And when you looked at some of the other people, let's say that, I don't know, I don't know if I call it breaking news, but let's say putting out what the Astros had finally released, it was pretty bland. Um, they were about four or five days late. And, and where I say that, um, you know, this is, it was, I had, I had the, the powers move um, and I had the ball move. I had those moves probably two weeks before they were announced. Okay. Remember, I think on one of our, our episodes, I said, and then they hired a new assistant GM and I said, I just can't get into it right now. I'm not going to talk about it, you know, and you do that because, you know, you have to respect people's time and place and where they are currently were and, and things like that. You know, with the Sarah Goodrum hire, I had that the moment it happened. The information that pipeline that comes here is pretty deep. And so with that in mind, I'm saying that for a reason to type that back to tie that back to your question, which is basically about what it says about the Astros and where they're going to go and what their heads are. Um, while I have had been very fortunate, because I do consider it fortunate to spend some time talking with James Click and getting to know him, um, <clears throat> you know, through the postseason, just a little bit, you know, and, and, and there's been some good some good references come here, come that way. And, you know, I value the time we've been able to spend together. So I really do think he's a good guy and I hope he does a good job here in Houston. I'm vastly disappointed in the way he chose to go hire people, not one hire, not any one hire, rather not two hires, not three hires. This is something that signals everybody's going to be the same. And I don't believe in that. And I, where he came from in Tampa doesn't believe in that. Now, look, I hope Sarah Goodrum and Scott Powers and Andrew Ball are wildly successful. Why? Honestly, I mean, for anybody that's listening, it's got zero to do with the Astros. It's because when you get opportunities like this, I really want people to be successful in them. You don't, these don't come around all the time, right? So you want these people to be able to do this. Um, as a unit, I'm still looking for the Astros to hire baseball people in any capacity. I'm looking for the Astros to hire people that have more balance in any capacity. You know, we're talking about people who lots of times, and, and this does not apply to click what I'm about to say, don't watch the games. We're talking about people who sit there and look at the computers. They don't want to get close to the players all the time. And whether or not these guys are like that, um, whether or not they're not like that, what I see is data analyst, data analyst, data analyst. And then after that, I see data analyst. You know, I read the stuff about Sarah Goodrum and what her job is going to be. I have two questions about that. One, when did that become the director of player, player development's job in, in its entirety? And two, if you don't have a network and all you've ever done is movement science, how are you going to do that job? 
I don't understand how that's going to fill in. What is Pete Patilla going to do? I think really this is that that hire is about giving Pete Patilla some but some a way to get his hands off hiring the people in there and really kind of run PD because there's she's not going to be able to do it right out of the gate and James Click has to know that so I wish I really do wish everybody the best it's over there and and I'm sure, I hope they do well and I don't think any one of these hires stands out above the other from the standpoint of a of what it indicates but collectively. There's a little virtue signaling in there. Collectively, there's a little, we're going to do it all the same in there. And that's just disappointing. Anytime you see an organization anywhere have a chance to get some real diversity, whether it's in thought, whether it's in age, whether it's in, you know, yeah, okay, they got a, they hired a woman. That's good too, as long as she's qualified for the job. But you have to be able to have a balance of opinions, not just the same kind of opinion to be successful. And so I'm disappointed in that. Per the Astros release, Pete Patilla's oversight will expand to player development, player evaluation, and sports medicine and performance. I didn't will, even read that. He will also assist all areas of baseball operations. I didn't even read that. What he basically is is the VP of scouting and development. That's what they did. They left him as the assistant GM. He's going to take player development. He's going to coordinate how that's going to run. He's going to take player evaluation, which that's another nice way of saying scouting. He's going to marry the two and go directly with James Click on player personnel. That's what he's doing. Okay, That's VP of scouting and development or VP of player personnel. But James Click is appropriately putting the assistant GM title, which Pete already had, on that type of role. So that's all he's doing. And so he's not going to be able to be the farm director if you're going to have somebody there. And as far as somebody working under Pete Patilla, let me say this as nicely as I can. Pete Patilla and Chris Gross are Jeff Luno holdovers. There are a lot of people out there that will not or would not want to, frankly, wouldn't even consider working with people like that who are from that last regime. And if James has made that decision, you know, to keep those guys in there, and I know Pete's been as a lieutenant, and that's fine. I know he's doing Chris for a couple of years. Man, it's his front office. Do what you want to do. This guy's got some integrity. I believe in that. I believe in James Cook integrity until he gives me a reason not to. So if he believes in those two guys and that's what he wants to keep, you can look around baseball. You're not going to find people raising their hand a lot to work with them. So if he hasn't said that, um, and he doesn't have to say that, and he wants to keep those guys there, then those hires make – infinitely more sense because baseball people who have a real background who will challenge some of that um some of the luno thinking i guess is what i would say aren't going to go well with some with those guys now look again i want this club to do well i want these players to do well and i want the front office of james cook to be successful um but that's not a fit for a lot of people. Again, there's zero diversity in those hires. And, and you can't point to a, 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 a what Sarah, Sarah, 29, 28-year-old girl who's a movement scientist, former softball player, who's never done this job and was a one-year hitting coordinator. You can't point to her and say, woman. That's my, that, what? Young woman. Yeah, you can't point that. Sorry, young woman. You can't point that together and put, point at her and say, that's my diversity hire. I, it, it, it's a, it, it, it does not pass the sniff test. I hope they do a good job. Someone who I know within baseball circles, when I asked him about Andrew Ball said, incredible baseball mind was ahead of the curve on a lot of newfangled player evaluation metrics as a, as like an amateur blogger. Tampa Bay was the logical place for him to start considering they're always at the 
the vanguard of this stuff. Not surprised in the slightest how high he's gotten so quickly. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I have, um, okay. You know, I, I, I just, what I, what I would say is I, I would go back to what you said. about. There's Andrew. a lot of guys like him, man. First of all, they all look alike. I, I don't care if, I don't care where that's said. You can, so somebody Ben's Ben Zosmer with, with the, with the Mets, um, Scott powers. I haven't seen Andrew ball, but I, Gonna go ahead and guess he looks a lot like those two. Um, you know, these guys all look alike. Like they're all wearing the same clothes and they all got the same haircut and they all got the same little fuzz. And I, you know, I don't I don't get it. Like that's like the opposite of, of of multiple opinions. Like diversity doesn't just mean skin color, it means like different backgrounds, right? Where's the different background? Same dude, same guy, <laughs> same guy. It's the same guy, Andrew Ball, Scott Powers. Who? I just uh, I just showed him a picture from uh, his time with York in the Atlantic League. Now, granted, that was from 2016, but it's the same guy, right? I mean, where is the where is the the? Well, what's that line from Bull Durham? You can win 20 in the show, and the press will think you're colorful. Where's the colorful? Show me. I mean, it's the same. It, I just, I don't believe in that. I, I, it, my core, I don't believe in hiring the same person for every position. Where is the actual impact? Where is the actual feel for baseball? Where is the emotion that it takes to connect with guys fighting night in and night out? Where is the emotion understanding in the field to connect with the fans? If you've never understood what it looks like on a little kid's face when he's getting an autograph from his favorite guy. What, if you don't understand what that means, if you don't walk in a major league stadium and step on the field and still get chills, no matter how many times you do it, you're in the wrong sport. I've said that to you before when we've been doing coverage. I mean, look around you, like look where we are. How many times do we walk stadiums? Just walk them. And we've been through them a million times. We walk Minute Maid all the time. We walk Fenway Park all the time. Everywhere we go, we just circle and we see the crowd. And we watch the game from different angles and we get part of it. Why? Because every night in a big league stadium is an experience. And if you don't understand what that means to that city or you don't care, man, get out of the game. And I'm not saying these guys are any of that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you have to have some of that blood, sweat, and tears in there besides what's behind a computer to have a balance. And they don't have any balance. And that's disappointing. I would love to see their reaction while listening to this. They're gonna well, you'll see it because we know they listen. And I tell yeah. you right now, and I have look, I Chris Cross and I have talked repeatedly. And it's funny, I made a comment when they drafted somebody and whatever the draft was, and I said, well, if Chris will ever talk to me, well, I see him in the postseason, he brought it up. Look, the guy does a good job. He definitely pours his heart and soul into it. Um, and when I say that, you know, he doesn't, whether I agree with his picks or not, time will tell always how they how they play out. But I will say for Chris. He's probably going to fall off his seat. I will say for Chris that I know he works hard. I know he gets after it. I know he cares. Something he said to me showed me that he cares. I will also say this publicly because I was asked somewhere else and he kind of gave me a hard time for it. I have no interest. And by no interest, I mean absolutely zero interest in going back and doing the job he does or doing the job that some of these other people are doing because they're not the same jobs that people would want to be in those positions have impact and have some kind of vertical, you know, um, ascent anymore. They're, they're not, that's changed. All the people that are doing this stuff come straight out of the office and they don't ever get into the field or understand what it means. And 
and and I, and I I'm, I'm disappointed that the game has gone that way as a whole. But I hope these guys, if there's nothing else, they get this new lease on life to start this organization over. I hope they listen to what I'm saying, take it to heart, because I'm telling you right now, Scott Powers and Andrew Ball, and yes, even as much as I respect you, James Click, if you let me down, I will tell you. And I will say it here and I will talk about how you're letting me down. Not going to give up any secrets and I'm sure not going to come after your character unless you do pull Luno and then we're going to talk about that too. But if you go out there and you just run with this thing with like the Cyclops eye in your head, it's all about Woba and war and all these different things you're going to look at on your sheet instead of what the actual game means and the rhythm of the game you're going to hear from me in the story. Speaking of Muppets, this is something that I, you know, I think this can be related to baseball, even though this was a tweet from at NFL draft analyst, Harrison, somebody or other. I took a screenshot, so I don't have the name, but I want you to hear this. This was from earlier this week. Jerry Rice, who laughably, Jerry Rice, who laughably ran a 4.740 would be a practice squad player in today's NFL. A prime rice, my algorithms suggest, would be the 193rd most effective wide receiver today. Rice, enabled by coach and quarterback talent, was somewhat effective in his day, but today's wide receivers are a different breed. I want to believe that that's a parody account, but scrolling through it, I don't think it's a parody account. Here's why I have a problem with all this, Jeremy. Why? Yes, you can have your algorithms and you can do your little computer stuff. And I respect all that stuff. Trust me. Like, I think it's some of the stuff is really, really cool. But what your model doesn't account for is that you're measuring a Jerry Rice from way back then, right? Right. If Jerry Rice played today, you don't think that he'd be trained differently. He would be engrossed in the methods that they use today that Jerry Rice would not be doing all the things that the receivers do today to make Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice. He might yeah. even be better. He might Those even be better than he was then. That's, that's called common sense and having fuel for the game, right? I mean, that's whoever this guy is needs to beat it. I mean, what, what kind of comment is that? Like, some of these people, the, the theory, he looks exactly the same. So surprise, surprise, surprise. These guys all look exactly the same. Feel zero. Spreadsheet skills, 100. Okay. When you look at these guys, I'm trying to understand. I I mean, it's it's really, it's a joke. It's not, don't get sensitive. Don't get sensitive. It's a joke. It's not an insult. You have to have some kind of balance. There's this thinking that today's game, in any game, Today's era is automatically better and was reinvented and nobody else has ever did anything before that has any kind of clue. I don't care if that's basketball. I don't care if that's soccer, baseball, checkers, tiddlywinks, hopscotch, double dutch. Everybody seems to think today is better than yesterday. There's, there's a lot of today that's impressive. There's a lot, of, a lot of it that's not. And as good as the athleticism is, man, a lot of these guys can't play dead in Western. You know, I mean, that's just I don't I don't understand what that's about. So. Um, you know, the guys like the data analysts like that, you stay Who's over the there. best wide receiver in the NFL today. I mean, I don't watch NFL anymore. Cooper cup. I don't guess what he ran. Guess what he ran a 40. 
4.62. I would say 4.6. He's yeah. the best wide receiver in football right now. I don't know. Does he play for the Texans? <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> like, um, Cooper Cup, that's the guy. Yeah, so, he, does, he, he doesn't look the same. No. But to, think that, but to think that a Jerry Rice wouldn't be trained in today's methods and wouldn't embrace everything that they know about the game that makes these receivers so, so considerably better, I guess, measurables than before. Like, come on, man. Let me, let me, let me tell you something. Let me give you an example of a couple of guys. Um, there are a couple of guys, high school picks. You'll know who they are. Some other people will not, which is my point. Um, Donovan Tate um, and LeVon Washington. Okay. They both ran sub 6'2", 60-yard dashes, and they both were outfielders. Anybody else who is not a draft guru or a scout, does anybody know who the heck they, those two guys are? And if the answer is no, then tell me how a, that type of speed, which is better than an 80 runner, right? It's 8-plus, it's um, can't play center field and can't play in the big leagues. Tell me how that's better than a guy like, mm, I don't know, Jock Peterson who can hold it down for a little bit and produce. You rather have Jock Peterson or you want to have Donovan Tate? Oh, I've wait. seen men in their th early 30s, mid to late 30s, play some of the best center field they've ever played in their life, not because of their speed, but because of their angles, the way they've watched the game, their experiences. So, yeah. How about Jim Edmonds? He couldn't, he wasn't that great a runner. Pretty good player. You don't, you don't think that because you guys weren't around to pay attention. You don't understand what it means to step on the field and watch those angles and instincts. You're too busy looking at, you know, a, 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 what was it? Defensive run set DR. I, I deleted that. When Carlos Correa said it, I looked it up again. I was like, man, defensive run say, let me make sure that I'm thinking about the same thing he is. And I was like, yep, even the people that created it said this is trash. You know, so I we're, we're still we're too busy into those type of things instead of watching the game. But you got to have some feel to understand it. Yeah, that's a feel. Hey, you've got a buddy now going back to the big leagues, Ray Montgomery, joining yeah. the major league staff. Who? Um, yeah, no, Ray. Um, Ray's going to coach the bench, I guess, over there. In <laughs> Come on, bench. Yeah. Get with it. <laughs> He's going to coach the bench. Um, coach the bench. I, I'm a. Uh, I, I am, I am, if he's happy, I'm happy. I'm profoundly happy for my friend. Um, you know, if, if that's what he wants to do, I, I, I think, and look, well, I got somebody else on that staff too. Now, Benji Gill, you know, well, listen, Benji. coach the bench. Those types of guys are typically the next rung down when you're looking at prospective managers and in other places. Yeah. I look, you know, Benji's over there too. Benji Gill's, you know, going to be uh, presumably their first base coach. And Benji actually, you know, worked here, you know, part-time for a couple of years, periodically did some events. Benji's a good dude, good baseball guy, um, really good guy, understands it, take charge, a lot of passion, cares. Um, you know, Ray is, is an excellent human being. He's a very, very smart guy. Uh, he sees di things differently. He has some old, a lot of old school in him, a lot of progressive in him. He's a pretty good blend. Uh, you know, my thing about on Ray is that, um, man, see, he'll, he'll never say this, man. So thankful to be able to do this with you, man. We do this a long time. Ray's been shafted. He's been absolutely shafted in Arizona and he was shafted in Milwaukee. He should have been the general manager in both places. Now, um, I can honestly say that Milwaukee to me is more disappointing than Arizona. Um, 
because Ray was on the fast track and spent his time there and was internal. And when he got a chance to go over to Arizona as a scouting director after being passed over in Milwaukee, um, when Bruce Side, who's the guy they hired, passed away, Ray went back, but he went back because he was passed over as a GM in Arizona. Now, he'll never say that. And I mean, if you pin him down and say, hey, man, it's waterboarding time, he still wouldn't do it because he's that much of a professional. OK, so please understand that I'm saying that instead of him. This is my knowledge. He has never said this to me, but this is what has happened. And in Milwaukee, they hired David Stearns ahead of him. Now, look, that may have worked out OK, but their system over there. So, you know, um, it's not it's there's there's some things that he's been shafted on. I'm really happy for him. that He's getting this opportunity for me. This is a more of a conduit move, not because Ray's not good enough, not because he can't be there. This is more of a front office, tie together with the club on the field, see how this is going to work with Ray and Madden, who's a VP, who he was doing all the player personnel, right, which is a job he wanted, how him and Madden will do this together and construct this organization so that when Joe, when Joe Madden does move on, and, and Joe's what, 70 now? 69, 70, somewhere in there. When he does move on, there's somebody in position who can work hand-in-hand -hand with Perry to take this job. I think Ray will do this for a while. Um, I asked him about it this morning, and I just, you know, we again, we have we don't have any, any holding anything back from each other. We've never been that way. We've had some pretty interesting um, experiences in the car, you know, and, and doing stuff in different parts of the country. But, uh, you know, he just said, yeah, yeah, we'll see how I feel a little later, but I'm happy about it right now. So, you know, I'm happy for him and, and I'm good. He's, he's going to do great. Anything he does, he's a star and, and, and look, man, you couldn't ask for um, a better opportunity for a better person. Real quick. Let me dumb this down a little bit, but is it possible that by him moving into that role, um, he would perhaps have a little more communication with the front office and let Joe Madden not worry about a lot of stuff, or am I just making that too simplistic? No, I, I think that's it. I mean, he's a conduit. I mean, he's going to, he's going to, it makes sense to be a conduit. He's brought over there with Perry to help select all the players and run the organization. And now a year later, he's on the field within the big league club, not like, not the farm director, not somewhere in double A with the big league club in the number two spot. There's a reason for that strategically, right? We'll see if it works. We'll see how it goes. Um, if anybody can make it work, he can, and I'm, I'm happy for him. I really am. As long as he's happy. If he's not happy, I'm pissed. So good for him. All right. Well, I think that uh, should wrap it up for tonight. So for the disgruntled former Major League Scout. <laughs> who has no interest in going back and doing that job for a who's team? Had, who's had teams interested? Eight, I spoke to this fall. Eight. Not bad for a guy who the game has likely passed him by. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. I wish I could keep up. Yeah. Here, here's, what, here, here's something that would be good. Next time I write something or put something out there we're, that I'm going to do or that we're going to put together, let's see if somebody else doesn't try to run it. about that? You just go ahead and do what you're doing. I'll do what I'm doing. You know, the series is, is, has taken a pretty big step forward. There's some exciting times over here um, with what we're doing. Of course, you and I always have a blast, you know, when we're doing this stuff. And um, there's going to be, you know, it looks like there's going to be some more stuff to come here. And um, it's going to be busy 2022. Ooh, another tease from Jeremy. Yeah. All right, everybody. Yeah, why not 24? Yeah, why not 20? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe. If you have any questions, leave them below and we'll talk to you next time.